Hello and welcome back to episode 5 of the Divided Opinion podcast. Uh, this week we're going to discuss our Euro 20, are we calling it 2020 still? I think that's technically the term, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk, talk you through our England squads for the Euros, the upcoming Euros. We're going to talk you through our decisions. Luckily Southgate has helped us out because we really wanted to record this episode. But we saw all the, the teams this week, the the national sides have been announcing all their sides. But luckily, Gareth is not announcing his till Tuesday. So it gives us a chance to get an episode out. Let us know what you were thinking. Look, what we're thinking, I should say. How are you this week, West? Ready? Yeah, ready. Yeah, you got everything planned or are you still umming and ahhing about a certain few picks? Or? There's a few umming and ahhing, but um, nah, I think I've got down to my... Uh, yeah. My final 26. Nice one. Have you thought about like a formation that you'd like England to play at the Euros this summer? or? Well, because obviously we've decided on a starting 11 for the first game. So obviously we know Southgate likes to chop and change, doesn't he? Different. But I've, yeah, I've sort of gone for the, well, I don't know whether you'd call it 4 2 1 3 or 4 3 3. But yeah, I've gone with a 4 at the back rather than the 5. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're both in agreement that we hope he doesn't start with a back five. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me, though. Croatia well, yeah, first yeah. game. It would be understandable, but you'd like to think we've got enough to beat them with just a four at the back, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. no, I'd like to think so. And It's always a case of, would you do you want to waste an attacking player and put him into the defence or not put an attacking player into defence? You know what I mean? Do you hmm. want to lose it out on an attacking player when that is our strongest position? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think... Going into the Euros, it's just, I think the making of Southgate will be whether he's willing to take a risk or, because I think we haven't seen that yet. Seen a lot of safe management, a lot of making decisions to protect his own back and keep people happy, which he's very good at Southgate. Yeah. That's why the FA do like him, because he has, I think the, the image of the England squad before was kind of damaged. A few disappointing World Cups and Euros when. I don't think we did that incredibly last World Cup, but mm. he's, uh. he has repaired the relationship between the, the public and, and yeah. the team. Yeah, it's definitely the best sort of camp that England have had in years when it comes to sort of harmony and morale. And it just seems like everyone's together and on the same on the same page. Absolutely. Should we go straight into the keepers then? Yeah, definitely. So yeah. these are some of the options I've got written down. Um, so we've obviously got Nick Pope. Pickford, I've got Aaron Ramsdale written down, I've got Alex McCarthy written down, Sam Johnson who's had a really impressive season and obviously Dean Henderson. What are you thinking in terms of a keeper, what do you want from your keeper? Your first, we'll go, obviously we'll go with who our first choice would be. If, if for an England keeper, what, what, yeah, what are you looking for? Well I suppose with the modern day sort of, well the modern day goalkeeper you're you sort of always hoping that they're as good on the on the floor and with their feet as they are at everything else. But um, first and foremost, I think like you want your keeper to be just the best keeper out of the lot. Not you can sort of I think you can sort of get around it when they're maybe not as talented with their feet or technically. But yeah, you want them to you want them to be commanding as well, especially in the tournament. You're going to come up against a lot of different sort of approaches and sides and different sizes of so um is yeah it, is, do you think because obviously there's always a debate in every position with 
obviously how they've been, their form for their club side, but also there are players that do play better for their international team yeah. and step up to the mark. Yeah. So if you've seen a player that's done well for England in the past, but maybe they've fallen out of their 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 club side or yeah, they've fallen out of favour and maybe their form has dipped a little. If you've seen them do it in an England so- shirt before, does that does that make yeah. it go up in your rankings? Well, we, it's got to play a part, hasn't it? Because at the end of the day, we're picking a squad for England and not their respective clubs. So, yeah, for people like Jordan Pickford, if we were going off club form, then obviously I don't think he'd be in most people's starting 11 or squad. But, like for example, Pickford, yeah, you've got to, I feel like you've got to take him because we've never really seen him make a howler for England. And he has always sort of came up with the goods when we've needed him. Like think shootouts about, as well. Yeah, the Columbia, he sort of... Yeah, and he was good in the last World Cup, really. He was probably one of England's uh, standout performers. So, yeah, I think with Pickford... Yeah, well, I think he'll be included. So, Dean Henderson, as a United fan, how do you assess his season? Um, I know there's been a lot of, kind of a lot of uh, big, a lot of talk about United's keepers, and personally, I don't think it was needed, it was necessary, considering the the issues they've had in other positions. But yeah, it has been a huge debate. What what they do, whether they keep their that their man that they know they've had for years and or they take a chance or not maybe not take a chance but yeah give Dean Henderson an opportunity and pass kind of the the whatever yeah pass the position down to him Do, yeah how would you assess because I've not seen Dean Henderson for me I, I've never seen him I, I don't think he's a bad keeper I've ne- not I've seen him make a few mistakes. I think the I can't remember who was it that he made the recent mistakes. Oh, the, yeah, the Liverpool game. Yeah. The Liverpool game. I've never seen like a world class performance that you'd call world class, where he's probably won a game for United. I personally don't think I've seen it. But how do you assess Dean Henderson, the keeper that he's becoming? Well, I think with I think being a United fan, it's it's sort of the first season we've really seen like. Um, the keeper position being sort of chopping and change like United have always you always think of United and you always think of having a solid spine with the number one and it never really changes so obviously we've seen De Gea for the past eight nine years and obviously before that Van der Sar, Schmeichel and them but um, I think it's difficult for both De Gea and Henderson obviously mentally as well because they probably don't really sort of it's been sort of a crossroads for both of them De Gea maybe feels like he's maybe sort of been forced out a little bit and they're trying to get Henderson in like subtly with subtly, <laughs> but I think Henderson he, he he's done well and uh, he has you can see there's a keeper in there but there's that quite, when you watched him against Liverpool and there's there's a couple of other games where he's looked a bit erratic as well you just think maybe if sort of United got to be a bit careful what they wish for because obviously De Gea's had his issues over the past few years sort of form wise but. If if you watch him against sort of like Roma recently, he still is very much capable of them games where he will win United a game on his own. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I think Henderson's done enough certainly to deserve a spot in the squad because I don't think there's an array of massive array of like outstanding talent in the goalkeeper position at England. But yeah, I don't think I don't think he's ready to start in a sort of big international tournament just yet. So another man is Nick Pope, who I, I I did think before seeing him play in the most recent was it the World Cup qualifiers or were they friendlies? Okay, yeah, I think it was against Poland where he made a couple of little yeah little errors. You were talking there about how what you expect of a footballer or no, a goalkeeper, I should say, 
nowadays you expect a lot more playing against these sides that are so good at um, yeah, Southgate's going to want to play a, a nice style of football, playing it out from the back. I don't know if Nick Pope has got that in him. And I know he's not expected to do it at Burnley, so he's probably not exposed enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't see that. Uh, I just don't think he's that great on the ball. Um, I think he's a great shot stopper. I think he's actually got, in terms of um, a mentality, I think he's got the right mentality to play in goal for England. Yeah, He's... Seems really yeah. sort of calm and collected yeah, calm in everything collected. that he does, yeah. And that is, I think, after the recipe didn't work before of having these aggressive, over-aggressive keepers that are really passionate, it's not worked, has it? No, I think that's sort of where sort of Henderson falls into that category as well. He's sort of a, sort of a similar sort of temperament to Pickford, isn't he? He seems very confident and sure of himself, which most keepers have to be because you've, all, you've got to be a bit of a nutter, haven't you, to be a keeper, but... Yeah, I just think maybe in international sort of one-off games, knockouts, I think you want a keeper that's sort of calm and collected and keeps it sort of level-headed for every game, sort of no matter who the opponent. Pickford and Henderson, you can see them pumping themselves up and that's often where these mistakes come from because they're, they're overthinking it, they're too engrossed in the occasion. So I think Pope, yeah, I think despite his, his uh, limited ability on the ball and playing out from the back, I think he's definitely be my first pick, really. Pope? Nick Pope, yeah. He's your first man on the team sheet, is he? Well, not necessarily team sheet, but he's... Well, well if, I say, yeah, because he's the first he's, he's the first one. keeper I'd pick to take with me, so... So he's your number one? He's my number one, yeah. Wow, that's controversial. So another man, Sam Johnston, had a very impressive season. Most saves in the Premier League this season. Obviously, he has gone, got relegated. Is it a case with him... Get a move, go to a, a better team. Yeah. Maybe he could have a push for the England squad. Yeah, maybe it's come a little bit too soon because I think I think managers will always be a bit sceptical of sort of starting or including a player that's gone down as, with a relegated side. I know obviously he doesn't always tell the full story, but yeah, I feel I, I, I just can't see him. Maybe he'll get taken, but I can't see him sort of having a big role to play in the Euros. It's hard to see who he would come in for. I think Nick Pope, Jordan Pickford and Dean Henderson, for me, they all seem to be at a similar level, operating at a similar level. Yeah. And it's likely that whoever gets the number one shirt will probably be the one that we see progress if they're given that opportunity. It is a case that of with the keepers where I don't really mind... As long as they pick the best that they've seen. Obviously, I think with a keeper, you see in training, see how they get around the team and how they affect the rest of the team. Because that is important as well. The relationship he has with his centre-backs, his defence, his communication skills. I think he will go with Pickford. I think he will start Pickford. Just purely because he has done well in an England shirt. And like I said before, Southgate, he hasn't been... He hasn't liked taking risks before, has he? So I don't. No. F- I think in positions where he can keep it the same as what he knows, he will. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd agree with you. I think Dean Henderson's. I'm surprised that you, ha- you haven't gone Dean Henderson in your first in your number one spot. Um, I I I, I, st- I fully believe that Dean Henderson has the potential and ability to go further than all of them goalkeepers in the game. Like, despite his early mistakes, obviously, we saw David De Gea make some absolute howlers in the first couple of years at United. But, um, 
yeah, I think Henderson's got a massive future, but I just, from what I've seen recently, even them big games against Liverpool and stuff, I just don't, I'm just not sure if he's warranted a starting spot for England yet. No. I just don't, I just don't think he, he doesn't fill you with confidence in that goal because he's, he's not the biggest keeper, is he? And he's, he's confident. Yeah. I just think he's a little bit too erratic at the moment. Some of his decision making, it's sort of very heat in the moment. And that's not what you need in a knockout football. You sort of get by with it in the league or for club football because there's so much time to sort of make up for mistakes in other games and chop and change. But I just don't think you can take that sort of risk. With. So, so do you think Nick Pope will be, if the ball gets played into his feet against Croatia, he's got Perisic closing him down? Do you think he'll be able to deal with it at the ball, ball at his feet? Do you think he's at that level? I think he's good enough. I think, you, yeah, you don't play for England and... Start week in week out the Premier League if you're not if you're not more than capable you not might not be the best but you rarely see a mistake with Pope. yeah you never see on Twitter or a video on match a day of him for Burnley making a howler but I suppose that's because he's told when he gets the ball you've got to hoof it straight yeah, up to the strikers straight up to Chrissy Wood <laughs> yeah yeah so maybe we should include him in the squad and it might work perfectly <laughs> from New Zealand yeah might be one. <laughs> well, moving on swiftly it's another shocker that is a shocker. So, our keepers, are we in agreement that we're going Pope, Pickford and Henderson? That's why I'm going anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk you through like our number ones and our first lineup. Uh After we've gone through our squads, we're going to go through our first 11 as well for the first game against Croatia. So, do you want to go centre-backs now? Yeah. Yeah. So, these are the names I've got written down that Southgate will have in front of him. It's got Fikio Tomori, Ezra Konsa, Tyron Mings, Ben White, James Tarkovsky, Ben Godfrey, Michael Keane, John Stones, Harry Maguire, Chris Smalling and Connor Cody. Have I got any missed? Have I missed any out there? I mean, if Joe Gomez was fit. <laughs> um, yeah, if Joe Gomez was fit, you think he'd be making the squad? Yeah, you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? It's a shame, really, actually, that he's, he's missed I just the don't season. know where he's sort of thinking of Van Dyke. Injuries overshadowed Joe Gomez. I think yeah. Everyone just sort of forgot about it. Gone by the wayside. Yeah. Fikio Tomori. From what I've seen of him, I've been impressed. Good yeah. ball playing centre half. I was surprised that he went out on loan at the start of the season. Was it the start of the season he went or was it January? January. January. Yeah. So he went. Yeah, I was surprised to see him go on loan. I was surprised to see him not feature that much. And he has suffered with. Obviously, likes of Rudiger coming back and Christensen, who are now in favour with Tuchel. He's looking like he has moved on from Chelsea now and he's he's playing abroad, he's playing in a- AC Milan. Yeah. How do you think it impacts a player's standing to get into the England squad? How do you think it impacts playing in these foreign countries? Do you think the managers are more likely to pick a player if they play in the Premier League? Um, I think with Southgate, you could probably say that's the case. But... Um... But I think yeah, if he had, if he has been watching him, I think he's he's been really good for AC Milan. They've had um, Romagnoli out for quite a lot of the campaign, and he's sort of filled that void for them. And he's been sort of last week he scored against Juventus. It's a big win for them um, in the race for the top four. But yeah, he's actually been really good. So I've certainly got him down as someone that I'd probably look at taking. He's a pot- definitely. Yeah, a I don't think he's a starter for England, but. I think as a backup, he's he's 
sort of a very high quality backup that you could have on yeah. the bench. And at the end of the day as well, it it's all about potential. In my opinion, when you look at the England squad, and we are going whether we can do it or not, we are we have to go to every tournament to win. Yeah. And you have players that either are at the level to win now or you perceive to be able to get to that level. So having these, in my opinion, having these players, these middle-of-the-road players that we know aren't going to get to that World Cup Euros winning level, it's almost a bit of a non-starter, really, while they're in the squad. Yeah, yeah. you, sh- you sort of need to plan and, well, you sort of say, like, pack for on the when you're England with the sight of winning a tournament, don't yeah. you? So if you're not willing, if you don't think these players are going to come in and replace sort of like the, the core starters and do a similar sort of job, then there's, yeah, like you said, there's not massive I, reason to take them. I might, I may contradict myself with a couple of picks because I do believe that you do need a couple of players that are, are, are going to be hardworking players. Maybe sometimes if you need someone to call on, they might not play a single minute, but you might have to call on them. If it comes to it, you maybe want a more experienced player to really come in and just shore up, say if it's in the last 10 minutes or whatever, and you need to chuck another centre-back on. But, yeah, I, no, I think Tamori's a good centre-back. Yeah. Uh, we'll, yeah. We'll discuss whether we've both picked him or not in a second. So we've got also got Ben White at Brighton. I've not been greatly impressed. Um, have you assessed whatever you've seen of mm. Ben White? Yeah, obviously everyone was sort of raving about him when he was at Leeds last season. But um, yeah, like you say, I've not sort of ever really watched him this season and sort of think, oh wow, he's a he's a he's a top defender and, and just, there's a, there's a good chance he'll come on to be. He's still only young, but yeah, he's not a, he's not one that I've watched and thought, yeah, I'd like to take him because I just don't think he's been that amazing. I think he sort of he doesn't seem physically strong enough, in my opinion. Just doesn't seem to have much authority in no. the plays. Yeah, sort of strikes me as someone that's similar to sort of maybe like Lindelof or someone. He just seems a bit lightweight and he's been plied in more of a, a CDM role as well, hasn't he? A defensive midfield role yeah. before. I think you often see with these kind of centre backs that can play centre back or CDM, they often tend to be a little bit lightweight. Um Yeah. Better, yeah. better on the ball. But yeah. yeah, I think Ben White yeah, Maybe a bit too soon. Yeah, too soon. How about the pair at Aston Villa, Conser and Mings? Um, I yeah. know who Southgate prefers out of the two. Yeah. We've seen him pick Tyrone Mings time and time again. I think with Tyrone Mings as well, you can be fooled by his his physicality and his athleticism. Because yeah. he looks like prime Van Dyke the, yeah. with the way he's built and yeah, the he's... Attri- physical attributes he's got. But I haven't... I've, see, I've seen a player that's prone to a mistake is what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, seen it time and time and again in the Premier League where he, it's a ho- it's a horrible trait to have as a defender that flailing the boot at it. Yeah. A bit of a of loose, like... You, you know see him, I mean? yeah, you, he's one of them, he's, yeah, you see him making these last-ditch sort of tackles and, like and sometimes the they look great. They look like, oh, he's a hero, he's coming, but a lot of the time it's not, it doesn't make for good reading when you're throwing yourself about a last-ditch on the line to... It sort of shows there's something a little bit more there. You shouldn't be doing that. It's actually so true because when you think about a Van Dyke, although he can do that, you never see him break a sweat. You never see him never. go to ground, do you? No. Yeah, so that's all the best defenders were like that. And 
Ferdinand, Terry, they very, very rarely sort of had to go Sat to ground around. and be last ditch and that yeah. positional awareness. Just yeah, to just be in the right place and just have an income. Reading the game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I, yeah Mings, he won't be in my squad, but I fully expect him to be in the squad. How about Ezra Konsa? He, I yeah. have been impressed by Ezra Konsa. Yeah, I think he's definitely the better out of the two. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it'll be a little bit too soon for Konsa to come in, but I think I'd, if I had to pick one of the Villa players, I'd definitely be picking him over Mings. So yeah, so yeah Konsa's 23. So he's got a bit of potential. He's got room for improvement. Maybe not this Euros. No. Yeah. Um, oh, I'd rather see him in the squad over Mings personally. But um, yeah, obviously, I don't think he's he's he'll be a starter by any means if he got if he got taken. But yeah, it's it looks unlikely. But in terms of centre backs, how many centre backs are you thinking you need to take? Well, um, I think you'd always want four as a minimum, but. I think you can sort of get around it with England with maybe three because you've got also you've got players like sort of Walker and maybe like Godfrey that can play full back and and centre back. So yeah, I think with England you could probably get away with choosing just three sort of out and out centre backs. I think I was thinking you might need to take like five. I think that's how many how many you'd probably take. I've gone at, for at four. least four. I've gone for four. Yeah, Michael Keane. Think he's in the running? He'll, he'll certainly be in the running, but if you're asking me personally, I wouldn't. I, he's not a defender that I like. Yeah. I, I just think he's another one like Mings. He's ve- he's he's probably better than Mings, but he's still he's always sort of seems to have a, a mistake in him, hasn't he? And he's just a bit erratic. But he's just never really reached no. that amazing heights, hasn't no, he? No, he's just a like, pretty average defender. Yeah. About Chris Smalling, I was disappointed with how he performed against United in in the uh, yeah. Europa League. I don't watch much Serie A, but I've heard good things about mm. how he's doing over there. Yeah, well, I think his first season last year, he was certainly, I think he got in the Serie A t- team of the season, but I don't think he's been as good this year. I think Roma have also struggled as well, just in general as a team. But um, yeah, well, what I saw of him against United, he, he, he wasn't great, was he? No. And uh, yeah, I don't think I sort of maybe maybe his time in in an England shirt is probably it is probably over for him because I don't think he was he wasn't really there or thereabouts when he was at United and playing fairly well. I just think I, I think it's similar with Wambasaka when it comes to Southgate. I think he just looks at Wambasaka maybe Smalling and thinks they're probably just not what he wants when it comes to sort of technical footballers that can play out from the back. I'd have him over Tyrone Mings every day. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. You can't discount discount the fact that Chris Smalling has won Premier League titles. And yeah, he, and he's he, yeah, he's an experienced defender. He's been around for a long time, hasn't he? So played in big games. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't be the worst option to take. I just can't personally see it happening at all. No, there's I no there's no talk of it, is there? But I'd have him over this next man as well. That seems to be a like a favourite of Southgate, Connor Cody. I don't, I don't really see what the fuss is all about with Cody. No, neither do I. I see a decent ball playing centre back. Someone that probably looked better suited again to a holding midfield role. Possibly. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, he's like you say, he's just another sort of. He's never ever will make it to that next level, but 
he's not a bad defender or a bad player by any means, but he's just no. he's just he, not what he needs to win tournaments. He's a good leader, but he's not going to be in this mm. England like side to be a leader, is he? No, he's um, not. Uh, yeah. So the two that are definitely in the side, if fit, are obviously John Stones and Harry Maguire. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think the seasons both them have had, and I think they I think they suit each other quite well. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty similar. Kind of Maguire plays a similar role to what a Diaz would play. At City. Yeah. And we've seen that Stones thrives off that, and he does need that authoritative, authoritative, uh, figure next to him. That's gonna mask over any mistakes that Stones makes. And I think you need a reliable, yeah. Yeah. Think, no, yeah. A bit of a no nonsense centre back. Yeah, I think Stones offers more of sort of the pace and. Maybe well, I say ball playing, but I think Maguire is also one of yeah. the best ball players. But yeah, Stone—they definitely offer different things. I think Maguire is that sort of strong presence in the air and for corners and stuff that's gonna—it's gonna be really important, providing he is hopefully fit. But yeah, I think Stones—they do look like they're sort of very similar to that of sort of Van—not sorry, Van Dyke, but well, a bit like Van Dyke and Gomez. It's they're all very similar sort of partnerships, aren't they? They're both excellent at stepping into the midfield. Yeah, Stones is very good at sort of staying that sort of central area of the pitch, isn't he? And sort of playing through the lines. Maguire sort of takes it in his stride down that sort of left flank all the time. And you see him getting up towards near the box. And They're I've both heard. excellent on the ball. And I'm not taking away anything from Maguire. I actually think Maguire is more reliable on the ball. I think he's more productive. He play, He plays, he's more accurate with his passing. But... Stones' agility and his actual dribbling ability is actually impressive for a centre-back. Yeah. But I actually think sometimes it takes away from what he's actually on the pitch to do. And you do often see that he gets a little bit carried away almost. Yeah, that's where his mistakes have always stemmed from as well, sort of overplaying one too many turns, one too you many... You see him sort of playing as if, as if he's like a deep-line playmaker. Yeah. And I, I rate it, but... Just kind of st- mm. remember what you're there to do. You're there as our last line of defence. Like. Yeah, I think that's what we saw against Poland, wasn't it? Was it the, he tried the Cruyff turn on the edge of the box and yeah. they scored. And obviously, and he was playing like that through that throughout that game. Yeah, he was playing very high up and getting onto the ball. And look, yeah, like I said, impressive for a big lad, but not really. I, I he starts in my England. Yeah, squad he definitely starts. Yeah, I don't think there's much competition. But yeah. he's a great, yeah, he's a great defender. But I think it's always been the case. If I've always said it to you about, he's always sort of been sort of Diaz has held his hand this season at times, and I, yeah. I sort of feel like that could be the same sort of relationship with Maguire as well. So we've gone Stones and Maguire. There are first two, yeah, centre backs, and I've I've gone for two more traditional centre backs. Um, I've actually gone for. I've gone for Ben Godfrey at Everton. Been really impressed with him this season. Again, it's that potential. I, I can see him growing into a, a starting centre back. Yeah, I've gone Godfrey as well. Yeah, and then so who's who, who's your um, Stones, form? Maguire, Godfrey, and Tamori? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Tamori will get in, but I just I think the balance that you need. I think Stones and Maguire are quite similar. Obviously. Stones is a little bit quicker than Maguire and it does offer pace, but I think, no, if we're, if say Maguire does 
have a flare-up of his injury or Stones gets injured or the suspension. I think Tamori and Godfrey is sort of going to be the... Despite them, they're a little bit inexperienced, might be a little bit erratic at times. I think if you're coming up against a big team, sort of the playing the likes of Mbappe and um, whoever. But do you think, I think if Stones or Maguire get injured, you'd re- you'd trust both of them, either of them, to play for the rest so of the I think more so Godfrey. But um, I think Godfrey's been brilliant. And I also included him on the with the potential of him maybe filling in at left back or right back because you've seen it for Everton. He played left back for almost half a season. Yeah, and I do think our position with the wealth of talent we've got at full-backs, I doubt he'd have to do No, that. yeah. That has to be very hard for course. A few injuries and stuff, but... Do you think you have to look at the players, that the centre-backs that can play in a, in a three at the back? Because it does take a certain different styles of centre-backs yeah, to play I've, in a three. Yeah, when I've picked my defenders, I've... When you hear it, I've I've took all of that into consideration. Yeah, I've actually gone and I know this will be controversial, um, but I've actually gone for James Tarkovsky as my fourth, purely mm. because. And I know I'm going back on my word earlier, but I said, as I said, pr- potential-wise, potentially, I don't think James Tar- James Tarkovsky is at the age he's at. I don't think he'll ever be a a starting centre back for England. But for Burnley, he has got experience of being that talisman. For it is that experience for me, and it is if a Stones or Maguire gets injured, I'd want a player with his mentality to come into the side, and I think he would be able to rise to the occasion. Um, I think a lot of people would be arguing that what does he offer that Connor Cody or Tyron Mings doesn't. But for me, it's more of a you get a feeling, don't you, watching football? Yeah, and you definitely... get a feeling from a player, from their mentality, just being a well. Ba- I just think Tarkovsky just strikes me as just a well-balanced player, okay. and he's not too erratic. You don't really see a mistake in him. No, yeah, I definitely feel. I'd more just rely com- on him. I'd just yeah, I'd feel yeah. confident if I if Maguire or Stones did get injured to put him in. And you say if Maguire got injured, I think he'd be the most suited player to take that Maguire role of yeah. kind of just leading a, a, a defence because he's used to doing it at Everton. Yeah. At Everton? Burnley. At Burnley. Yeah, yeah I, I take your point, to be honest. And thinking back, I probably would have included him now if we spoke about him. He sort of, went under the, he sort of goes under the radar, doesn't he? Because like you say, all this Mings and Cody talk when, from what I've seen, Tarkovsky's always been better than Mings and yeah, Cody. but absolutely though with with Tamori and for me Tamori concert and Godfrey, uh, it's promising. Mm. I don't think and not one of them's looking like a world class, but I think it often is with a centre back. This kind of slow rise is quite a good thing. Did um, we um? Did you ever think about Ben Me? No, or, no, I didn't. I didn't really give him too much thought. But now you've mentioned Tarkovsky, I feel they've almost been sort of real. Well, obviously they play together every week, but. They are similar types of defenders, yeah. aren't they? And Ben Mee, I do like him. He's sort of a no-nonsense sort of... But he's probably a bit, a little bit too no-nonsense for and Southgate. Yeah, and like we've said before, with Southgate, doesn't like taking risks. And no. Is he going to throw in someone that's... Never played never, for England, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. So we've got our centre-backs. I've gone for Stones, Maguire, Tarkovsky and Ben Godfrey. And you've gone for... Um, Stones, Maguire, Godfrey and Tamori. All right. So should we go on to left back? Yeah. This might be they pick themselves these yeah. two. So we're gonna go Shaw and Chilwell. Yeah, that we don't. I think. I know. 
I actually rate, I know I've getting a bit of stick for Aaron Cresswell and my praise for Aaron Cresswell, mm. but I do rate Aaron Cresswell and Matt Target as well, we spoke about. Yeah, Matt de- Target. He's, yeah. Definitely, he's definitely, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He is, he is. Chilwell and Shaw, I think they offer different things in my opinion. Shaw, you cannot argue with the season he's had. I think mm-hmm. he's the best left back in, in the Premier League at least. And for me, he does start in the England squad. But I do like what Chilwell offers. He's yeah. good players to have off the bench. Yeah, he's definitely safe. Luke Shaw was to get an injury in the first game. Chilwell's not really one that you'd be really worried about in Philligan because no. look, he's well, he plays for a Champions League finalist. They've had a good season. He's had a yeah, he's had a decent season, but I just don't think he's yeah, he's not as reliable and sort of didn't strike with as much confidence as Shaw because I think Shaw's just so so strong, he's so quick sort of bullies players in his position. but He plays with enough authority as well, sure. Yeah, he's like, so good on the ball as well, just yeah. him getting out of gaps. and He plays as if, like, yeah, you aren't going to eat Yeah, he knows that he's good. Yeah. He knows, like, know obviously, he's good. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. He sort of, yeah, he strikes think... wingers with, b- apart from Mahrez. <laughs> Do you think there is an argument or Southgate will be thinking about Who's going to start a left back? Is there an argument for Chilwell starting? We have seen recently Chilwell has had more minutes for England recently. Yeah. Over the last year or so. Yeah. But obviously Shaw's performances and you can't really argue with it. I think he's been unfair to be honest on Shaw recently. I think most United fans would tell you that he's been a pretty consistent performer. Maybe not at the level he's been at this season. Yeah. But has he ever been like... Well... What, what? Well, he won our player of the season in eighteen nineteen, so sort of that season where it was transitioned from Mourinho to 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 Solskjaer. But I think even he said at the end of that season, he said the only reason he won that competition that that award was because like they could have picked anyone. It was just sort of like, sort of like a non-award that year because United weren't great. But yeah, I think he's not played as much for England, obviously, it's because of. His past with his injuries and obviously Chilwell sort of resurgence sort of or come through from Leicester didn't he, in this season at Chelsea. But do you think Shaw's suited to playing at left wing back? Yeah, yeah. over Chilwell. I think Chilwell probably it might come a bit more, maybe a little bit more natural. But I'd still feel more confident with Shaw up and down on that left side. Yeah. I think we'll move on there because it's quite. There's not much to uh, conversation to be had. No. Luke Shaw and Chilwell are both on the plane for us. Yeah. Going now to right back. We've had a, there's a few players here. There are there actually is you could an abundance a, of talent. Yeah, 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 there's a few combinations you could take here. A few men just to mention Matty Cash has done well this season. Obviously uh, he's not going to be in the running for the England squad. Kieran Trippier. See I actually haven't picked Kieran Trippier. Neither have I. But thinking about it now, he will I think he will go to the Euros. How well he did at the World Cup. That free kick. Mm. He was one of the standout performers at the last World Cup for England. Yeah. And he became a little bit of a court hero almost. I think Southgate likes him. Yeah, I just sort of feel like maybe, I think England have maybe sort of, they've moved on a bit from, I think like there's a good chance he will go because I think Southgate does like him and likes what he offers. But I feel like with the talent that England have got now, sort of the the... Uh, we've seen Trent over the past couple of years. See, we've got Walker, who's been ever sort of he's reliable, sort of ever present. Him, Wan Pasaka. You've got 
I just feel like England have got more options and more balance and they don't need to waste, not, I won't say waste because it'd be harsh and trippy to say he's a waste of a spot because he's a good player. He's obviously a top player, plays for a big European club. But um, yeah, I just feel like there's probably time to move on. I don't think he's, he's not that amazing at anything. But I know as well that obviously Southgate will be keeping track of Trippier and all the players playing abroad. But from a fan's perspective, I think when a player does go abroad, that they kind of fall out of your head a bit. Yeah. And you forget about them a bit. And obviously we've been watching the likes of Reese James, Trent, Carl Walker, Wambasaka, who are the other players in the running here. We've been watching them week in, week out. So I've it's tough, this. It is actually really tough. Who have you gone for? Have you gone for three or four? Well, I've got three written down in green. They're definitely going to go three. Because one of them, I think we spoke about it, the ability to play in a, in a back three or as a centre-back. Obviously, Carl Walker. Is he in yours? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can argue. The way he's he's been around for so long now, Walker, and he does offer that physicality and pace that yeah. is rare, isn't it? Very rare, yeah. He's a, he is a rare athlete. Um, and is that ability to play in the back three as well. He's obviously won the Premier League. Could be about yeah. to win a Champions League. Yeah, it'd be mad to leave him out. Yeah, mad. And you could have him down as a centre-back, couldn't you? Really? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's seen it in the World Cup, haven't we? I think, so the next ones, you've obviously got, you've got a defensive mastermind in Wambasaka. You've got, and then you've got two attacking, like, world-class attacking full-backs slash wing-backs in Trent, and Reese James. For me, Wambasaka goes, in my opinion. Yeah. We have seen that Southgate isn't fond of Wambasaka. He hasn't. Has no. He, has he had a date? Has he made his debut yet? No. He played for the under 21s up until 2019, which he made three appearances for, but he's never made an appearance for the England national team, which is pretty shocking. Mm. I don't know if it's purely down to the just the competition there is and we have spoke about it before but with fullbacks nowadays are they just purely are expected to just do a lot more mm. they're expected to go forward and back and you can't yeah managers just won't want a, a Wambasaka mm. they'll want a ball playing player and yeah. I know you think his ball playing abilities have improved but when you've got players like Trent Alexander-Arnold it really does expose Wambasak. Yeah, but also I still my 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 point has always been I still think Wambasak's pros outweighs cons more than, more so than Trent. I just think, in, especially in a tournament, maybe across the season you'd want Trent around there. But I just think in tournament football, when we're going to be if we come up against sort of France or Portugal or one of these big teams where you've got you want as a player like Ronaldo or Mbappe that you want to mark out the game man to man. I just don't. There's maybe Walker. You could definitely argue Walker because no one wants to try and get the ball past Walker, do they? And run. But I just think Wambasaka. If you, you can, and you can play him in. A, I think you could play him in the right of a back three. I have seen though with Wambasaka, he has got a tendency to lose his man. Yeah, he's also his, his probably biggest weakness. The box. Yeah, his biggest weakness. I think you saw it against Fulham on Tuesday. It's his tendency to sort of take a while to get up. So he's if United are ever conceded a goal where there's a little tight VAR decision, if you notice it's is always Wambasaka sort of leaving them on side. Everyone stepped up and he's sort of still don't, yeah, he just sort of 
it seems like he daydreams a little bit, but he allows it by making up with the pace and his ability by with tackling and stuff. But is it unrealistic as well to think that Southgate would even think about calling him up? Because, like you said, you yeah. say if, if you're going to take a Wambasaka, you'd chuck him in for to mark an Mbappe or someone like that. Would you? He's not even made his debut yet. Is he gonna? This is not gonna happen, is mm. it? He isn't. It's unlikely, but it's uh, gonna be my squad. Yeah, no. But I don't think he will go though. No, I'm actually gonna change it. I had him in it, but I'm I'm taking him out. Wamasaki, you're out, mate. Reese James, you're in. <laughs> I think Reese James is outstanding. Saw him tearing apart uh, Ben Mendy against City. I think he's outstanding, and just going forward and. You'd argue that Wan-Bissaka does off- offer something different, and I would argue that as well. And if you'd had more experience prior to s- selection day, I would have picked Wan-Bissaka for that reason of having him man marker if there was a threat that you'd identified. But you're not going to chuck him in. Like He's never played for England. He's never played with any of these players, mm. apart from obviously the Manchester United players. He's just not going to happen, is it? No, probably not, but you can you can hope. With Trent and Reese James, them two going forward are just ridiculous. Like they are ridiculous. Reese James rapid. Mm. Trent for me it would be the player that if we are playing against a team that a team that you'd expect us to have more of the ball against, you would play a Trent for me. And then like you said, I think Carl Walker can do that role of man marking players and with his pace. So I've gone Trent Alexander-Arnold, Reese James, and Carl Walker. Have you gone? Um, Walker, Wambasaka, and Trent. Yeah. Moving on to centre midfielders. Have you grouped these all together, or I've grouped attacking midfielders and centre midfielders differently? I've grouped them differently as well. Yeah. Mhm. So we'll go centre midfielders. In the running for this, these are a few of the unlikely names: Harry Winks, Eric Dyer. James Ward-Prowse, Curtis Jones, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Calvin Phillips, and then you've obviously got Jordan Henderson, if he's fit, Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham. What are you thinking here? What what names are coming to mind and who have you been debating about putting in? Well, I, I sort of think if they're both fit, I think Henderson and Rice obviously pick themselves. Yeah. Because they're the sort of the only prop, proper options England have got at sort of that holding role. You can talk about Calvin Phillips, but I've never been a massive fan of Phillips. Don't know about you. What do you think? If I could get him in my squad, I would have. And for me, it was between him and an extra attacking midfielder. Yeah. And I've ended up going with the extra attacking midfielder. I have midfielder. as well. I do actually like Calvin Phillips. And if I don't think there'd be much players better if you are winning 1-0 or... It's a narrow scoreline, and you wanted to bring someone on just to see a game yeah, out. Break up play. I think yeah. he would. He is excellent at that. And considering Henderson's fitness, he's not going to be sharp. Henderson is he? When was the last time he played fo- any football? March, I February. Yeah. yeah, it feels like ages ago. It's a shame, really. It's then. It's, it's that debate, isn't it, of Cam Phillips or then or do you go Jude Bellingham? Yeah. What do you think about Jude Bellingham? Obviously, he's been playing. Champions League football week in, week out. Bundesliga week in, week out. He's been just drawing praise from everywhere. 
Yeah. Is I've... it too early for him? What do you think? May possibly. May obviously I think to have a massive role in the tournament, maybe a little bit early, but I think he's in my squad because I just think I think yeah, I think he offers something a little bit different. He's sort of got everything, hasn't he? He's that uh box to box. He can play holding, he can sort of play attacking midfield. But um yeah, what I've seen in the Champions League I've been really impressed with. I was I was a bit skeptical a few months ago about him, especially when he first got his call up. I thought oh, this throwing call ups around like willy nilly, but I think after watching him against City over two legs and watching a few games in the Bundesliga and a few big games as well that Dortmund have been involved in. Do you think these players that are really versatile and they're adept to playing in so many positions, do you think that sometimes it can end up be they can be in their downfall? Because you know if you've got a side where you've got we're going to have a squad here where there's going to be players that are experts in positions. Mm. Like the likes of Bukayo Saka, whose versatility has been so useful for Arsenal and it is unbelievable and he is an unbelievable player that I think will be in the squads to come and I'm obviously not talking about him in centre mid but I actually think that because he's so good in these positions I don't actually think it's that much of a plus because when you get to the championship you're going to have at least two in each position which are their speciality positions I just don't think they're ever going to end end up used and I know Jude Bellingham and Saka are you can't really compare them, but I'm just thinking with Jude Bellingham. So we're defending a lead. I think someone like Calvin Phillips would be better at that. If we're trying to get, if we're trying to get back and attack, I don't think Jude Bellingham's going to come on either, is he? I struggle to see what, especially with a conservative manager like Southgate, I struggle to see where, where Jude Bellingham's going to get played. Yeah. I mean? And for me, it frustrates me when you get these players that purely are taken just for the for the holiday and for I know it, it helps as a young player and it can help motivate mm. them but I don't think Jude Bellingham's had a lack of people around him and football experience to get him no, do you no. know what I mean yeah he's, he doesn't sort of obviously gonna, it might, it'd be a good experience but he's not one of these he doesn't need he's going to be not, in Euros and World Cups yeah, to come like. he doesn't need this sort of it won't be a key won't play a key role, I don't think, in his development. No. He's been around top players at Borussia Dortmund, Champions League games, playing in. He's already played in massive games. I don't think. I just think because it's not over. If it's over a course of a season, like a Premier League yeah. season, a, a versatile players are really important, and young players obviously get to play a part because you get games that don't really mean much or whatever. Mm. But in a in a cup competition, where each game is huge. There's, I just struggle to see when when Jude Bellingham would realistically get chosen. Mm. Like if you had an extra pick, and you're thinking, who could we take for a little bit of experience? Maybe Jude Bellingham, or maybe a Bukayo Saka. Yeah, you sort but of. For didn't... me, I'd prefer speciality players. That's why. That's why I'm thinking. I've actually I had Jude Bellingham down. Are you going to take another person out after? I've cha- I've taken Jude Bellingham out, and I've I've put Calvin Phillips in. I've I've actually let's hope Southgate's a bit more decisive than you. By arguing a point there, I've actually like changed my own mind with it. <laughs> so Fair So who have you gone with? Um Jude Bellingham and James Ward Prowse. So you've gone James Ward Prowse? Yeah. So you've gone for the free kick merchant. <laughs> I think it'd be harsh. But I think 
Well, I think that plays into it. I think you sort of need, like you just said, then speciality player. If you're in a, if say if we're, I don't think he's necessarily a starter for England because I don't. I think we've got enough players to sort of fit around him. But if say if we were losing in a in a tough close game, maybe in a quarter final or a semi final against France or someone, and you you've ran out of ideas, maybe stick him on for a corner free kicks. He's he's free kicks to him are like penalties, aren't they? Yeah, honestly, I'm actually gonna have a look now uh, at how many subs we're gonna be allowed at the Euros because that is quite. I think a you big... get about nine, don't you, on the bench? Maybe even more. But in more, terms of 11. how many changes, so they'll be able to make five substitutions, which is actually big. And a player like because I was thinking if they were only allowed to make three subs, I'm struggling to see when Ward Prowse would ever come on. But the fact that they can make five subs actually does kind of improve his chances. I think. Like you said, to have someone with that ability just to whip across it. Yeah. He's so dangerous, isn't he? Yeah, he is. It's on the money. I've never seen time. a player like it in years. I'm starting to think that. Do you think I've do you think three centre mids is too little? I've only gone two. Well, sorry. Obviously you've got Henderson I've got Henderson and Rice, so I've gone four. And then yeah. obviously you've got my attacking. But obviously, yeah, like obviously we what the way we think will be different to Southgate, but you can also you've got to think in between with like the centre backs or the right backs. There is players in there that could potentially do a job in midfield if needed. Someone like Trent, obviously, I don't think you would see it because we've never seen it for England before, but he could definitely come in and do a job. The the like the footballing romantic in you always thinks that Trent could do a job in centre mid. Doesn't yeah, he? but it just doesn't. The game just doesn't work like that. Yeah, I suppose it's a little bit sort of like FIFA, isn't it? You think? Yeah. There's obviously a reason why he hasn't been. Mm. Well, apparently uh, he grew up playing centre midfield for Liverpool. I think until he was about sixteen, seventeen. It's only I think he's only really started playing fullback when he came into the first team at Liverpool. Just whether he's got used to playing as a one eighty player. So all that he sees is on his left side that one eighty view. Yeah, you see and everything to in the right. There's nothing to worry about. Yeah, it's a lot more difficult in but, a fast paced yeah, midfield. Being a three sixty player is different. I'm, yeah, I'm debating now whether I've gone too many attacking players. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, rid, I'm gonna get rid of one of my attacking players. At this rate, it'll be about three players being sent home from the hotel in the first I know, week. I know. I'm gonna bring in Jude Bellingham, and I've just argued everything for why he shouldn't be in the team. Not that he shouldn't be in the team, but... <laughs> I hope his lift home's not left yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just think I need another centre mid, basically. I think we can't go with three centre midfielders. Because you're going to want someone to... At least one to come on in games. Yeah. And see games out. And I think with Jude Bellingham as well, you've seen a lot with this... There's this German philosophy that I think we could learn a lot from in England. Is see a lot of these players that won't get a chance in the England sides and in the, yeah, in the Premier League sides. They don't get risked. And we have a... I think we have an almost like a philosophy in this country where we like to give young players a chance, but that's what it is. It's a chance. We very rarely, like, trust them. Do you know what I mean? In these big positions, yeah. like the, the centre-back positions, the centre-mid positions, we like to nurture them a bit. But in Germany... And with the German managers, I've seen it with Tuchel recently with Billy Gilmore. You see it with 
the likes of Dortmund with Bellingham. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was surprised to see how much responsibility Bellingham has been given. I've seen it with Sancho as well. The German sides, and I think it reflects in the uh, the national team with is it Musiala? Musiala? Am I saying yeah. that right? Michelle, they're they're, yeah, they're not afraid to give these players if no. they're ready. If they think they're ready, mm. they'll just chuck them in. They'll play them in big games, yeah. Why so maybe we, do we that should with take Dep- a leaf yeah. out of their book, yeah. Why can't we do that with Jude Bellingham? If he's starting in Champions Leagues, look how well he did as well. Yeah, we saw with that goal against City in the Champions League that this lad can do it at the top. Like He's going to be at the top of the game. Again, I am moving an R in a bit. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know because I actually do believe that he won't get played if we take him. But it is just kind of... Mm. I'm, I'm being lured into being like Southgate. Yeah. Boring. Yeah, I just think maybe... Yeah, we'd like to see it because I think he can just offer you something different. But but you've got to say, so I've gone Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice and Jordan Henderson, Jude Bellingham, and you've gone for Calvin Phillips... No, not no, Phillips. No, you've no. not gone Phillips. Henderson, Henderson Rice, Bellingham and Ward-Prowse. Okay. So you have gone Bellingham as well? Yeah. All right. We'll move on to the attacking midfielders now. So some of the options here, I mean, there's some of them are obvious, but there's obviously Emil Smith-Rowe's been impressive. I know there's a lot of the Croydon, De Bruyne or whatever they call them. I know a lot of Arsenal fans. <laughs> what Martin Tyler calls it. <laughs> Ross Park. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what I've got you written down. <laughs> Harsh. James Madison disappointing this season and I know we don't even need to say anything because the the guy he is and I know how disappointed he'll be with himself this yeah. season Jesse Lingard a late push for the team Deli Ali should not be anywhere no. near it Eze sadly we've just had news in the last coming days of him yeah it's unfortunate a bad injury best wishes to him yeah we do hope he he gets back soon and back to the player he was and was be- fastly becoming because, yeah, player with real potential. Mm, bad injury as well. Yeah. Not one you want to see. No. We'll go for the three. We've got the three obvious ones. Jack Grealish, Mason Mount and Phil Foden. Are they all in your team? Yeah. Yeah. They're all in my team as yeah. well. I think they all offer something different. I think it's so exciting as an England fan to see these three players that are I mean, these are Spain level. These are Brazil level. Mm, these getting any, yeah, any national scene. Just playmakers. It's mm. an honour to have them playing for us. Yeah, and I'm just so excited to watch them play in this summer. Uh, in terms of a, if you could pick one out that you'd be 100% starting for you, which one? Uh, yeah, if you could rank them for it. It's a tough job. Who that. would you put at the top? You don't need to rank the other two, but. I know the offers are um, very different. I think Mason Mount. Yeah. Yeah. I do, um, obviously, it's so hard to look past Foden because the ability he's got is just it's just a joke. But um, to be fair, I think Mount just offers a bit more of that all round. Like he's just like he just never stops, does he? He's so it must be a nightmare to play against him in midfield. He's ninety minutes. It's the same intensity and. And I feel like he brings other players to that sort of level. I feel like, yeah, how old is he? 23. And I still, uh, he looks like a leader in both the England and Chelsea setup. So, um, yeah, I think Mount, and he's just, he's a brilliant player as well. Yeah. He's so good on that half turn. You give him the ball on the 180, and he just spins people. He's 
his passing. He's just yeah, he's just got everything. I think, and I didn't even used to be that big of a fan of him. I don't know about you. Sort of last season, I was just sort of used to think like, what's all the hype about? Didn't really rate him. I thought he was a bit sort of ineffective. But I think this season he's just sort of gone to new heights, and he's just he's just brilliant. Players that come through the championship, and obviously he's come through Chelsea, but he got his first experience at. Actually, he got his first experience. Was it at Vitesse? Yeah, um, in the Europa League. Yeah, and he did really well there. And then obviously Derby in the Championship. He was good for Derby. Yeah, really good. But I don't think he. I mean, if you look at the likes of players like James Madison and what they've done in the Championship, he didn't tear it up like one of those kind of players. But that is what we're learning with Mason mm. Mount. Is he's not. He's just not one of those players that so he's no. going to always catch the headlines or do something. He's underappreciated, yeah. I think, would be the... He does the basics really, really yeah. well. And I've said it before on the podcast, but his productivity with the ball, he doesn't give it away. The passes are... He plays the killer passes, but there's very rarely do you see a misplaced Mason Mount pass. No. There's a lot he's of so He's so good at... His ball retention is so hard to get the ball off yeah, him. Yeah, that exactly. He's is. strong as well for his size. He's not yeah. a massive player, but he's, he's a low centre of gravity. He just seems a nightmare. I think with Foden, Mount and Grealish, you could easily try and get them into a squad together. I don't think it will happen. I think two of them will start. Yeah. I'd like to see them. Um, I think Mount and... Mount and Foden are probably the most likely to start purely because of the amount of football Grealish has missed recently. Yeah. Yeah, but still, what an option to have off the bench, Grealish. Definitely. World-class player. How about Deli Alley? Because I, honestly, when he first came through, when he left MK Dons, went to Spurs and the impact he had, I thought we had our player for the next 10 years. Our, England's almost like a Pogba or someone like that. How can Deli Ali get back into that England setup? Can he get back into that England setup? Um, well, yeah, he's he's only twenty five. He's certainly got a time on his side, but maybe well, it depends who the new manager is coming in at Tottenham. He's, obviously, he's got no chance of being in the squad this summer. But obviously, he's, he should be thinking with the World Cup next year in mind. And um, I just feel like he's just got to get his head down and get back to that Tottenham pre-season get back a week earlier, show that he's ready for it and just come back flying, be super fit and just... I know a lot I just of people... feel it just looks like he's lost his way but, and we don't, we can't be too harsh him because there may be his other stuff going on. He's clearly not, he's clearly not happy with the way things are going and there's, there's certainly, there looks like there's other things maybe going on that are bigger than football for him because this just... sort of thing just doesn't happen by a lack of form. This is like a, this is a two, two and a half year, three year sort of steep decline for Deli Alli now isn't it I'd love to sit down with him and speak to him and just find out what he really believes it is that's mm. caused it I know yeah, you see a lot of people debating what it is and the soonnesses etc mm. that argue about him losing the love for the game maybe that is the case but it seems harsh and like you said maybe something else is going on and Obviously, we wouldn't want to speculate about that. Um, Jesse Lingard. Yeah. Unbelievable. Go straight into my squad, yeah. So he's in your squad? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mm. I was going to ask, because he obviously he was a huge part of the, the camp in, at the World Cup in yeah. Russia. He was a huge part of that. And 
I'd be interested to see, with the likes of Trippier we were talking about, of how much Southgate is going to try and replicate that, that atmosphere. Because that was a huge part of the last World Cup, what I remember. And we now know, with sides, how important that is. And we've seen Lingard, the impact he's had at West Ham. He's gone in there and made their dressing room look... It just looks so enjoyable to play for them. And he looks like he's lifted that whole team. Yeah. And there's no doubt that that is a huge part of football. Obviously, now, with Lingard, he's also, his numbers are doing the talking. Yeah. And he's doing it on the pitch. And he has always done it in an England shirt. So, he's also one of them players that even before this sort of West Ham spell, you could turn around sort of the same case for Pickford and just say he's never really let anyone down in an England shirt. But we're taking his West Ham form into account and... Um, I think he's got to be there. I'm not sure necessarily he's a starter, but he's a great option to have off the bench. So you've gone. I've actually I've gone for Grealish, Mount, and Foden. They're my attacking midfielders. Obviously, I think you might see Foden more on the right hand side. Yeah, I've gone for Mount, Lingard, Foden, and Grealish. Okay. So I'm interested to see what positions are going to miss out. So we'll move on to the wingers now. The options here have got Saka, Sancho, Hudson-Odoi, Harvey Barnes, if fit, but I think it's unlikely. Mm, not going to happen. Raheem Sterling and Marcus Rashford. I've got, yeah, I've got Rashford down as a winger here. Obviously, there is debate whether you see mm. him as a striker or not. In Saka, we spoke about it before. Do you think he'll fall victim to that versatility? Maybe not being a special... He's, he's not a an expert in one position. Yeah, possibly. I just think he'll probably fall victim down, so maybe it's just a little bit too soon. Yeah. Like he has done brilliant for Arsenal, and he's sort of... I feel sorry for him because he's had to sort of carry that Arsenal team yeah. through the really most... the toughest patches this season. But, yeah, I just feel like there's there's players that, in his position that are just more ready-made than him. Yeah. But I think definitely for the World Cup next year or maybe the following Euros, he's going to be a massive England player in the next 10, 15 years. I would like he to see brilliant. where his best position is. Yeah. But I personally Probably think right, left wing or right wing. Yeah, left right wing. But um I think he is almost wasted in a, a wing back position, isn't mm, he? You want to see a player like him just getting yeah. forward. But he's an option he's a great option to have for the future. He Someone is. that can play in so many positions. Attack and midfield. He is excellent. Um and the special mention for Smith Rowe as well, I think. In that side. I know he has his his people that debate what he really is, yeah, his impact. But I think any player in that Arsenal side that's kept working week in, week out deserves a, some praise yeah. because it's pretty, for them young players to come into a side like that, which really lacks a, a leader. Yeah, leaders. And, and they were the biggest, lead, biggest leaders yeah, this season. They have been. So the wingers, yeah. So again, I think this is kind of a position that kind of writes itself, picks itself. Sterling and Rashford obviously will be will wing. be in the side. Do you think there's a chance they could play together, or you, what? You think they're both left winger? Yeah, I think Sterling probably has a better. He's probably more suited to being that right winger if there was going to be be together. Because I just don't think Rashford at right wing it doesn't work at all. I don't. I think he's pretty United fans see it pretty awful at right wing. Is that but just I a don't lack think of a left, foot, left foot or what's that to do? I with? don't know. I just think it's maybe his. I think one of his best attributes is that 
playing off the the, the byline and playing them passes sort of from his right foot across the lines into the box and I don't know what it is I just feel like he looks so much more limited with what he can do like his dribbling and everything when it comes to being on the right wing it could be to his left foot but he's not got a bad left foot but it just doesn't ever work I don't know whether it's to do with the balance of the team or players aren't used to having him on the right of them rather than the left but yeah. he likes coming in doesn't he on that yeah right he foot does and that is probably one of his strongest abilities is, is his shooting power and his accuracy from coming in on that right, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think it's not worth the gamble. Sancho has to go, doesn't he? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Do you, can you see him starting? I won't be. I'd, I'd be more than happy for him to start. Yeah, but yeah, I'd I'd like to see him start. I think obviously, I think we're probably going to see Foden in that first game play play off the right. But I think Sancho, like, what an what an option to have. His number, I think the first half of the season he was criticised. I think maybe that the, the move to United didn't go ahead. That maybe played on his mind. But this, certainly the second half of the season, he's been his numbers are so good. You can't argue with Sancho as well. Whether he gets distracted by things off the pitch or whether he's money motivated, you just can't argue that because the to take the move he did to leave City and go to Dortmund, it was mm. a huge risk. Yeah. Like there was huge risk attached. I'm sure he could have earned more money at City if yeah. he stayed. And yeah, and yeah. the fact that I've actually been impressed about how little he has been distracted by going yeah. what going on goings on with United. Yeah, well, there was so much talk last summer, wasn't there, of him maybe going on a strike and stuff. But I think you, you speak to people. Well, I don't necessarily speak to people, but you hear <laughs> you hear stuff at the people in Germany and all the journalists and stuff over there. They say that. Like he's not that sort of guy. He really, really does respect what Dortmund have done for his career, and he'd never ever kick up a fuss in trying to leave a club. I think they've maybe got like a little gentleman's agreement to let him go this summer if the price is right. But I think the way he's handled himself since that move fell through, yeah, it's been it's been remarkable really because so many players would have thrown thrown the towel and just just be a typical modern day footballer about it if they didn't get their own way. But he's just got his head down and thought, you know what, I'm still young. Another season playing in the Bundesliga and Champions League is not going to hurt my career whatsoever. Absolutely. I think playing with Haaland has lessened that blow as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think if Haaland wasn't there, it would have been a bit of a... But yeah, get the chance to play with Erling Haaland for another season isn't... Yeah. And I think it's the, the environment he's in at, at Dortmund is amazing as well because he's going to enjoy going into work every day with similar sort of people. He's got just such an array of youth in there they've got sort of Rainer they've got Renier as well and uh, Moose is it Moussaka yeah yes yeah Haaland Bellingham it's it must be a dream for someone of his age to be in that sort of and especially with people like Bellingham they play they're from their own, the same country and and it would just be such a, it would be such a good camp to be in. I think the Dortmund camp for yeah. someone that of eight. Absolutely, age. and having someone like Sancho for Bellingham, and I know yeah. Sancho's hardly old, but he's he is a few years ahead of Bellingham, and to have a yeah familiar face, I bet that would have played a big part in Bellingham's decision because he obviously it's daunting going to a new country. But if you know you go there, and you're going to be sort of in and around someone of your age and yeah, same country, absolutely, yeah. And they seem, everyone seems like, just seems like a, yeah, a great camp all yeah. round. Right, irrelevant of whether they're people 
English or mm. yeah, it just seems like everyone gets on so well, and it seems they're they're used to just bringing young players on, and mm. I think the whole club just gets around their young players and understands yeah. what needs to happen for a player to reach their potential. Yeah, because there are so many factors in that. It's not just about the manager. No, it's about everything. It's about the f- the way the fans are. It's the way about the way the players are and their expectations of certain players and and having the likes of Marco Royce as well. Yeah, just a club legend, and yeah, just a world class player. To just pass on piles of wisdom, mate. Yeah, it was not, it's not the worst place to visit to be stuck for another year for no. for transfer falls through. Absolutely, I, I find this a lot with footballers. You do just wonder, why don't you just stay like stay there? And just make something amazing. Do you know what I mean? But obviously, money comes in, so mm. it's just not the way the game works, sadly. Mm. Right, so I've, yeah, wingers wise, I've gone for three wingers: uh, Sterling, Rashford, and Sancho. And that's obviously with in mind that Foden could play, and obviously Greedish can play on the wing as well. How what? How many wingers have you? Got? Um, I've gone Sterling and Rashford on that left side. And obviously, yeah, I have took into consideration that Foden or Lingard can play across that yeah. right side. Obviously, you've seen Absolutely. it for West Ham, but I've gone for Sancho and I've actually included as a winger Mason Greenwood. Yeah. Because obviously, obviously, as a United fan, we'd probably all love to see him over the next 10 years playing in that striker position, which I think he will once Cavani sort of had his impact in the left. And, but I think for now, you can you have to sort of call Greenwood a winger because that's where he's played predominantly for the past two seasons at United coming off that wing I just but think it would for green. me if, if you're counting him as a winger it's just this players I, I've, if we're counting him as a winger I'd go Saka over personally no I'm not sure about that how can you argue though with what Saka's done this season what's Greenwood's done this season but Saka they're just completely different contexts though and Greenwood wasn't brilliant early on in the season Saka's been brilliant all season and he's carried a team I think when I was arguing earlier about this having speciality positions, if Greenwood for me, if you were going to argue for him being in the team, it would be as a striker, would be as a winger for me personally. Yeah. But I think you've got to take into account sort of the moment in the moment, though the form. I don't think Saka's not been. I think he's sort of faded out a, maybe a little bit this season. I know he's had injury problems in the second half season, but I don't think you can look past Greenwood's form at the moment. If he could take that into the Euros, I'm not saying he's going to start, but. I just always feel with Greenwood, like when you say if you are losing or you need a goal, I think there's such a good player to bring on and just create something out of nothing. His ability on finishing and getting into positions and working other people into play, and you see them deliveries into the box that he always provides for Cavani and stuff. I think someone like Harry Kane would thrive off them sort of deliveries into the box. I just don't see it happening, Greenwood. I just don't see him playing on the wing for England. I just don't see it. I just think, obviously, you've got Sterling and uh, Rashford that aren't going to be misplaced. They aren't going to be, yeah, you're not going to get ahead of them. And then other side, you've obviously got Sancho. And then Foden will be ployed as a a right-sided player, I think. So I just can't see Greenwood getting ahead of any of them. But then Mm. moving on to the strikers now, obviously Harry Kane we know is going to be there, the international captain. Yeah, obviously Kane's going to be there. He's going to be starting. Not much argument to have. It's about how many strikers you take, really. Mm. How many are you taking? Well, out and out, I've took Kane and Watkins. Yeah, I've I've gone for Kane, Watkins, but also I've gone Calvert-Lewin. 
Mm. Surprised you've gone Watkins over Carver Lewin. Mm, just personal preference. I just think he offers more. I think you've got to take into account sort of Harry Kane and what he's a bit. Like. I think Calvert Lewin maybe a little bit, a li- little bit similar when it comes to sort of like the physique and pace and stuff. I think. I just think that Watkins is just provides a little bit of something different to Harry Kane rather than what Calvert Lewin would. Do you know what I mean? I think I rate Ollie Watkins and I picked him as well. Yeah, I just think maybe yeah with his pace and his power and stretching teams in behind maybe late on when you bring him on, I think he's probably just a bit different to Calvert Lewin. For me, it was between Watkins or Greenwood. Again, it's that going back to that thing of I think Greenwood has obviously got that potential. I think he'd be playing for England for years to come. I think he is a striker. I think he'd be wasted on the wing. I know he is. He's he's far from slow, but I don't see that like. He's not incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. I have. I just don't see him as a winger. I think he's wasted. And when you see a player with that instinct in front of goal, both footed as well, it's such a weapon. It's just a bit. I don't know if we want to bleed him into being a winger now and kind of tarnish him as a striker. Mm. I just think there's more options on the wing. And obviously you're taking him as a winger, but he could still play up front. Yeah, cool. I do think, I agree with you as well, in terms of if there was a player to bring on to get a goal and it was between Watkins, Greenwood and Carver-Lewin, it, it would be either Greenwood or Carver-Lewin. I think both of them... I know Kane is ridiculous in all aspects as a striker, but I, I do think Carver-Lewin around the six-yard box and just poaching heading and making life difficult for defenders. Mm. Don't think there's many players better. What he lacks in maybe incredible dribbling ability or just think that scoring ability. And he scored I think sixteen goals this season. It's a good return in a Everton side that doesn't create much. Mm. Don't play nice football. He gets only gets a few chances a game. Play very much on the counter attacks. Just suck up, take take pressure and yeah I I think there is an argument for a lot of players here what about Patrick Bamford where did he rank in your it was between him it was sort of a mix up between Watkins Calvert-Lewin and Bamford for that extra position for me but I just thought cons- consistently I know Bamford has been good and he has got 15 16 goals in the Premier League but I just think Watkins yeah I just think Kane, Bamford, and Cavalier, and they're all a little bit too similar. I just, I just went purely off the fact that with say twenty minutes to go on in mind, or say if Kane gets an injury, unfortunately, I just think Watkins is just great at stretching the defence, and he can come short as well. He's he's good technically on the ball. He's a good dribbler. He's a good passer, and I just really, I just, yeah, I just like Watkins. I just think he adds a bit different. That's nothing against the other players that I've left out there because I feel like they could definitely be. It's, it wouldn't be a shock if you took any of them or left any of them out. Like They're all pretty level, aren't they? If we didn't have five subs, Watkins wouldn't be in my team. Because hmm. I just don't... I think he's a player, he's a Danny Welbeck type of player that just will not play. I hate them players as well. I hate taking those kind of players that you just really you know that unless we had a nightmare up front and loads of injuries, I just can't see Watkins really featuring. If mm. really, if it comes down to it, is Lamp is Lampard, is Southgate <laughs> is Southgate gonna chuck Ollie Watkins into the into the fire? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you not think that Carver Lewin is just gonna get selected as well? I yeah, think. I think he will, but 
this is my squad, isn't it? This is your squad. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's probably going to be a lot of things that aren't going to go how we've said it. <laughs> yeah. So we've got our squads there. Eric Dyer for one. It's one I fully expect to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, if Eric Dyer's in the team, <laughs> time to tell you. So we are, we've done our teams there. Yeah. Have you double-checked that yours is 26? Yeah. yeah. Let me just count mine one more time. 25. I've got 25. <laughs> I've got one more player. You can bring Drew Bellingham back in. I've got Drew Bellingham <laughs> in. Who else did you tell to go home then last minute? What, yeah, who am I calling back? Mason Greenwood? No, because I've got... I've got Watkins and Carver-Lewin already. Mm. Jesse Lingard is back into the side. He's on the way. So, yeah. Right, so we'll go for our teams... This is mine, so got Nick Pope, Jordan Pickford, Dean Henderson, centre-back position, James Tarkovsky, Ben Godfrey, John Stones, Harry Maguire, right-back slash centre-back, Carl Walker, other right-backs, I've gone Reese James and Trent Alexander-Arnold, left-back, Luke Shaw, Ben Chilwell, then we've got the centre-midfielders, Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice, Jordan Henderson and Calvin Phillips. Attacking midfielders, Jack Grealish, Mason Mount, Phil Foden and Jesse Lingard. Wingers, Jaden Sandro, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford. And then up front, Ollie Watkins, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Harry Kane. You want to go for yours one more time? Yeah. Um, so we've got Pope, Henderson and Pickford. And then we've got Carl Walker, Wan-Bissaka and Trent Alexander-Arnold for the right-backs. Uh, John Stones, Harry Maguire, Ben Godfrey and Fakayo Tomori for my centre-halves. Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell at left-back. Then midfield, we've got Jordan Henderson, Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, James Ward-Prowse, Mason Mount, Jesse Lingard, Phil Foden and Jack Grealish. And then forwards, I've gone for Jaden Sancho, Mason Greenwood, Harry Kane, Ollie Watkins, Raheem Sterling and Marcus Rashford. That makes my 26. Nice, mate. So we have a quick run-through your starting lineup for the first game yeah for Croatia have you done that I can do it for you now off the top of my head do it Come so on. in goal Jordan Pickford for me mm-hmm. just purely through experience I don't like Jordan Pickford I think he's erratic I don't think he's that great of a keeper I think he's alright with his feet yeah I think purely just off previous experience that's what I'm going to go with him right. I haven't seen enough from Dean Henderson for me mm-hmm. Nick Pope for me not good enough on the ball so yeah so going Jordan Pickford in goal Four at the back, Stones and Maguire are fit. If one of them's not fit, Ben Godfrey would be for me the next man. Maybe if John Stones ain't fit, I'd go Ben Godfrey. If Harry Maguire's not fit, I'd go Tarkovsky. Luke Shaw left back. Croatia for me, Carl Walker would play. But in the other other games, Czech Republic, Scotland, those kind of sides. I'd go for either or Trent and Reese James, but I'd probably go Trent. Mm-hmm. mids, Declan Rice and Jordan Henderson. Right, yeah, they pick themselves. For me, John Henderson would be England captain. I've got nothing against Kane being captain, but I just think if a player's captain decides to Champions Leagues, Premier Leagues, just mm-hmm. give him the captaincy. Yeah. I'd go Mason Mount in the hole, or you could alternatively play Declan Rice sitting and Mount and Henderson either side in the eight positions. Either way, either or really for me. So it could be either a 4 2 3 1 or a 4-3-3 with a sitting holding midfielder. Yeah. I've gone, I'd go Foden right-hand side. 
I'd go Rashford left-hand side and then obviously came through the middle. So notable ab- absentees for mine would be Sterling doesn't make my team. Sancho doesn't, but I wouldn't be objected to, yeah. to Sancho playing. And I'd like I'd love to see Green Grealish starting, but yeah. I think lack of football recently. And obviously he'd be great off the bench. And if he has an unbelievable impact, get him in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well my starting lineup is actually exactly the same as yours, just with Nick Pope. In goal, yeah. I was going to bring in Sterling for Rashford because I don't think over the past few weeks, I think Rashford's been pretty poor for United. I think he's sort of fizzled out this season. But obviously, we all know he's been carrying multiple injuries, which I know that are going to get sorted after the Euros and the operations and stuff. But I just think he just, yeah, maybe it's a loss of confidence. But Sterling hasn't been in the the City side recently either. No, he hasn't. But he just, I don't know, it's just something about Raheem Sterling where he just always... No, he's he's got it in him, hasn't he? For me, Rashford or Sterling doesn't really. No, and same with on the right side. I'd happen if, if Foden didn't start, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a disaster because you've got someone like Jane Sancho who can. I just think Stoke. I think Foden has to start. Mm. He has to. I'm just not sure. about... We haven't got another player like Phil Foden. You know, like I'm not disputing how good Mount and Grealish and them are, but in terms of just this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's... he is. World, world class, mm. and there's a few players that are, and maybe it's a bit of favoritism on my side, but yeah, I personally think Fernand has to start. Do you want to wrap it up there? Yeah, yeah. So that was our teams. Southgate, if you're listening, you still got a bit of time. Still got till Tuesday if you want to make any amendments. <laughs> um, next week we're going to be discussing, going through a bit of a detailed preview to the Euros, going through a few teams. Mm-hmm. Maybe a few underdogs, a few dark horses, who we think is going to win. Yeah, players to watch, that sort of thing. Yeah, just giving a bit of insight. Obviously, we appreciate um, people people's patience this week because we've obviously not been too active on the account. Um, obviously, for other reasons that you will have seen. But we're going to be getting back posting uh, for the last game of the season, for, for Saturday, for the last games of the season. So it's Sunday. Sunday, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah. yeah, you'll see us active again from sort of tomorrow onwards. Yeah, but yeah, we appreciate your patience and we mm. appreciate the support as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. We'll Enjoyable episode and yeah, it wasn't another. Well, we hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed yeah, doing it. Definitely. Right. Yeah. We'll see you next week.